the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the name of our Lord shall be praised. Jesus, Jesus today. There is something that's about that name. Lord, it is the name that is worthy of it all. Lord, we pray today that all the glory that's due you is received by you. And even now, as we continue our worship, 
through this moment of giving, that that also will be just that, a moment of worship, and that you'll find our gifts and offerings pleasing. For we ask it in Jesus' name.
Well, amen. Thank you so much, choir. When they were singing, I could not help but think of 1 John 4, 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? Amen. I uh, hope that you will forgive me today, but um, I am not going to preach out of Ruth. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go a little off script today. I knew yesterday morning at 9:36 that I may or may not be preaching out of Ruth, but I wasn't sure where I would be preaching from. And it wasn't until after I dropped Pat off uh, for praise team rehearsal this morning that I went downstairs and shut my office door, and I think the Lord gave me an assignment for today. So if you have a copy of God's Word, I want you to look with me in John chapter 17. Many of you may or may not know, but convening this week in New Orleans, Louisiana, will be the Southern Baptist Convention. Just in case you're a guest or new to you know, SBC Life. We as a church at Poplar Springs are affiliated nationally with the Southern Baptist Convention. State level, we are identified with the South Carolina Baptist Convention, and then locally, we are part of the Spartanburg Baptist Network. And all of those entities are really, you know, coming out of and from uh, overall Southern Baptist life. Now, if you go back into church history, you will discover that you may think Southern Baptists have been around forever, but we haven't, all right? And so if you look at church history, the SBC has been around about 10% of the history of the church. So here's what I want to say. If there were no Southern Baptist Convention, God would still be God, Jesus would still be Jesus, the Holy Ghost would still be the Holy Ghost, and God's will would still be done, all right? But I am thankful to be a part of a people that have historically um, had core convictions that were rooted and grounded in the Scriptures, doesn't mean that as Southern Baptists we are a perfect people, nor we at Popper Springs are perfect people. Amen? I mean, I'm tempted to ask you just to look down the road, but I won't do that, all right? But because if you did, you would realize that we're just a bunch of people who need God's grace. Amen? I mean, we really are. But I have a heavy heart today because I'm a little bit concerned about the path that I'm afraid our convention may be taking. I, I have a little bit of a regret. I, I didn't choose to go to the convention this year because I knew that everything was new here in my role. You know, new assignment, new house. I'd already committed myself. The last two weeks, I've been a part of four weddings. Everybody's in love and wants to get married, all right? So there's a lot on our plate, and I just had decided months ago that, you know what, it's just probably, I want to go, but I'm not going to go. Originally, it was going to be in Charlotte, 
And I, that would have made it easy for me to have gone to Charlotte. You, you, you can pop up to Charlotte. Well, I shouldn't say that. We've been working on 85 out of Gaffney for 100 years, all right? But it would have made it much easier, and I could have kind of adjusted a schedule to have done that. But when they shifted New Orleans, it kind of changed all that. So I do have some regret that I'm not going to be there and not going to be a part of, of what's happening there. But it doesn't mean that we can't pray, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for our convention, and we're going to pray for our church. And we're going to use the high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed out of John 17 to help us build some framework for our time of prayer today. Turn there with me, John chapter 17. I don't know how many times you may have read this or studied this, but let me just, let me just read for a few minutes, okay? Let's just sit, let's just listen to the Scripture And then I want to make a few observations about how we need to pray. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him all authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth and have accomplished the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I've manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I have come from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them and have not, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one, that they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrated myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. There are four things I'm going to encourage us to pray today for our church, 
for our state and for the Southern Baptist Convention. I pray, number one, that we would pray for a spirit of solidarity, a spirit of unity, that we would have a singleness of heart. We need to be unified when it comes to the Word of God and unified when it comes to the gospel. Now, there's a unity that most of us know. If you're a Clemson Tiger fan or a South Carolina Gamecock fan or a Furman Paladin fan, I said that for Scott's sake, if, 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 if you, you see a cheap form of unity every Saturday in the fall. So, so if you are with me and you're sitting in Williams-Brice Stadium and, and there happened to score a touchdown, there is an instant spirit of unity. And there is celebration. There's high fives everywhere. Doesn't matter who you voted for. In that moment, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. In that moment, it doesn't matter how much or how little money that you have. There is this spirit of celebration. There's this spirit of unity over a pigskin. But that kind of unity doesn't last long in Columbia. Because there's another possession. The defense has to play, right? Even a Tiger fan knows what I'm talking about, right? 31-30. I've watched that game about six times. There were a lot of Tigers cheering at the beginning. There were no Tigers cheering at the end, right? I'm just telling you, all of us can identify with that kind of unity, right? But it's cheap, it's superficial, and it doesn't last. The kind of unity I'm asking you to pray about, I believe, is the kind of unity I find in this text. It's a unity around truth. It's not a unity for the sake of unity itself, but it's a unity built around core convictions that we believe in. It's a unity around the gospel. It's a unity around the authority, the sufficiency, and the inerrancy of God's holy word. When you were a kid, many of you went to Bible school just like I did. And y'all remember, you know, the, the pianist or the organist, they would play dun 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 and you would all stand up, right? Remember, y'all remember that? And you'd stand up and we'd do pledges and, and then we would sing a song after a pledge. So if it was uh, to salute the flag of the United States, then we would sing, right? And then the, there, there's one to the, the church and we'd sing and then we would have somebody hold the Bible and we would pledge allegiance to the Bible. And many of us sang this song, the B-I-B-L-E. Y'all remember that? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Listen closely. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. That's the kind of unity we need to pray for. Because I am of an opinion, and it's only an opinion, but my opinion is that we have begun a subtle drift the last convention that I attended 
We had a team duly elected by the convention asking us to give them more ample time to put a study team together so they could understand what the word pastor meant in the Bible. That has been decided long ago. We know what a pastor is according to the scriptures. And we know what God calls for in a pastor. It's written into our core belief called the Baptist faith and message. We know what the Bible says. But when we begin to waver and we begin to give into the pressure of a godless culture, we will be like no different than any other mainstream denomination who said, God, I know what you said, but. But it's not popular today. We'll be ridiculed as old-fashioned, archaic if we continue to believe the Bible. Well, I got news for you, friend. I don't know what you thought you might have voted on when you voted on me to be your pastor. But I promise you this, we will stand on the Bible. And we're not going to compromise what the Bible says. Unity. Unity to the Word may mean disunity with the world. James 4, 4 says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Colossians 2 says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. In other words, he's saying this, we cannot take our cues from the world. We have to take our cues from Jesus himself. And he is saying to us to be set apart, how? By truth. The Word of God. Say, Ken, do you really believe the Bible? You better know I do. From the very beginning when it says, and the beginning God, all the way to the very end. Matter of fact, I kind of like the maps. So I'm praying that there'd be a spirit of unity around the Scriptures at the convention. Not what the world says, not what's popular, not what's politically correct, but what God Almighty has said is right and is ordained in his word. I'm not going to stand before the White House. I'm not going to stand before our governor. I'm not going to stand before every watch group. I will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ one day, and so will every one of us. So it doesn't matter what this world thinks. What matters is what God has already said in his word. Let's pray for unity around the scriptures. The second thing I would say is let's pray for holiness. Holiness. When he says here in the word, sanctify them in truth, sanctify holy, it means to be separated, to, to cut, to separate. You know that's the root word of holy? It's to cut, to separate, to distinguish. So let's pray that our leaders this week will walk in God's holiness and in his 
purity. Let's pray for our convention and all that meet there that they will be holy as unto the Lord. Every leader, every pastor, every staff, every member of every church. And may we pray the same thing for Poplar Springs. Amen? That you need a pastor who is holy. You need a staff that's holy. You need leaders that are holy. We need a body that is holy unto the Lord. Pray that we would take serious the transforming power of the gospel. Over the last several years, we've had a lot of investigations. That's been a hot word, hasn't it? Investigate, investigate. We've had all kind of investigations. We've asked for all kind of studies to be done. We've elected all kind of task force to, to do something but the one thing we really haven't asked for is that, God, would you make us holy? And one of the things I'm praying for this year is that there would be a return to holiness, a, a conformity to Jesus in every single area. I've already told you on July the 17th, I want each of you to be at the compass meeting. If you miss the compass meeting, then you're going to miss something because at the compass meeting, July 17th, did I say that enough? July 17th. What day? July 17th, the 17th. I'm going to unpack what the next six years is going to look like. I think you should be there. I think if you care, you should be there. You say, Ken, that just kind of like you're trying to mess with us. I am. I think if you're a member of a church, I think you should know where we're going, and I think you should want to know where we're going, right? So I'm looking for everybody to be there. What day? Boy, I love it. What, is 17th, is that right? I said that. That's right, isn't it? Is that right? It's not right. It's the third Sunday in July. What is that? The 16th. Don't come the 17th. <laughs> Take back everything I just said about the 17th. 17th's a glorious day. We will, on the 17th, we will delight in glory and everything that we learn on the 16th. <laughs> That's what I meant to say, didn't say. Thank y'all for looking. <laughs> Vacation Bible School is the 17th. Thank y'all for, see, that's, that's the way it's supposed to work, right? We're in this together. Pray for holiness. Pray for a conformity to Christ. The third thing I would say is pray for devotion, allegiance. Pray for consistency. Pray for faithfulness to the truth. In verse 19, he says, And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth. To know Jesus. To know his word. To be devoted to that word without apology. To stand upon his word regardless of what the world thinks or regardless of what the world says. To stand on the word even if it's unpopular. Jesus said this, the world's hated me because I have stood on the truth. 
Friend, I'm just telling you, we're not going to be any different. But what I'm afraid I'm seeing happen again and again and again is we have watered down, we have weakened. Growing up, growing up where I did, we'd call it straddling the fence. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We want to play this and play this at the same time. We want to say that we're the church of the living God, but we are scared to death that we're going to get in trouble if we don't do this. And what is that? All of There's a Greek word for that. <laughs> How about let's be a church who's devoted to the word? How about let's be a church that has an allegiance to the gospel? How about let's be a church that is consistent and faithful to the truth of the Word of God as unpopular as it may be in this world? I know what month it is. But I know what God's Word says as well. One man for one woman for one lifetime. That is the will and word of God. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what Target says. I don't care what Amazon says. When are we going to be a people of the book again? When are we going to stand by our convictions? Hell or high water? Jesus, we will be committed to your word. And if you say go for it, Lord, we will go for it. If your word says it's sin, then it is sin. I didn't get a lot of amens on that one. You know why? Because some of us have already been duped by the drift. And you think because it's 2023 that we can just kind of do whatever we want to do because it's a different day and the times are different. The Bible says the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is not going to change. We need to do some changing. We need to get back to the book and be devoted to it. Then here's lastly, let's pray for steadfast resolution. Steadfast resolution. If you read the rest of the chapter, he says, I don't ask for these only, but, all, but for all those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you, the Father and I, and in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, and that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you had given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father. Even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I 
in them. Let's be steadfast, resolute. Pray that our convention, pray for Poplar Springs that we will never change what we believe to fit into a godless culture. But by God's grace, let's, hey, if you've got some time today, read Acts chapter 19. It's a great chapter in the Bible, and you'll discover something. The men of God didn't give in to the culture of that day. The culture of that day gave way to the gospel. You know, they were, they were, they were some sorcerers, and they had all kind of trinkets, and they were doing all this kind of stuff and making all kind of money. And all of a sudden, people started hearing the truth of the gospel, and they were born again, and they were saved, and they turned their back on the past. And the word of God went forth. That's what I want to see. So those are the four things we're going to pray for. We're going to pray for unity. We're going to pray for holiness. We're going to pray for allegiance and steadfastness. And we're going to pray for a spirit that will be resolute. And here's the deal. I'll invite you, if you want to, you come and join me here at the altar. If you can't kneel, you want to come and sit on one of the front rows, you can do that. If you just want to build an altar right where you are, it's okay if you want to do that as well. But I want us to go to the Lord. And I want us to spend some time praying for our church, for our state, for our nation, for our convention that's going to convene. Because what is determined this week may determine our path in the future. I might as well go ahead, because the elephant's in the room, might as well go ahead and say it. I cannot and will not lead a church to be a part of a convention who turns its back on the Word of God. Can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. We cannot do that. So I am inviting you to come and let's pray. Father, as we are bowed in your presence today, I know that there are prayers being lifted up all over this room. Lord, we acknowledge that we desperately need you. And we come to you in a spirit of humility and a spirit of prayer. Lord, our hearts are heavy because, God, we... We just see so much happening in our world. Lord, many times I feel like I get angry at some of those things. 
But God, I pray that it would actually break my heart. And that God, it would cause me to come before you and to cry out and to intercede. Lord, we need you. God, we need a fresh breath from heaven to blow upon us as a church, as a state, as a nation. Lord, as Southern Baptists, God, our convention, we need you, God, to step in and undo all kind of mess that we've created. God, I pray this week that you would give us a spirit of unity. A unity around the scripture. A unity around the authority and the sufficiency and the inerrancy of your word. When Jesus prayed this priestly prayer, Father, you know that he, he knew that the only way to be sanctified, the only way to be set apart was to be set apart by your truth. So Lord, more than anything, we just see what's happening is an attack against the scriptures. And so Jesus, I pray that we as Southern Baptists would return to the Bible and that God, we would live by the, the precepts and principles of your scripture. God, may there be a unity around your word. God, may there be a holiness that will develop because of your word. That your truth would permeate our thoughts. Lord, what we do, how we act, what we say, how we live. God, would not be dictated by the wishes and the whims of the world. But God, we would be led by your word. That, God, we would submit to your word, believe your word, trust your word, obey your word. God, I pray that you would just give us a, a spirit, Lord, that, that is just a spirit of devotion. God, a spirit of allegiance to you. God, I'm afraid that sometimes we have grown so accustomed and living in fear of not being accepted by this world, that we have so watered down the gospel and we have exchanged the truth for a lie. Lord, we repent of that. And we ask you, Lord, to forgive us of that. That, God, we would not let any kind of vain philosophy or worldly principle ever dictate how we think and act as God's people. That, Lord, we would be so sensitive to your truth and so resolute to live it out regardless of the cost. So, Lord, I... I ask that you just give us a spirit of devotion and consistency and faithfulness, Lord. As unpopular as it may be, it is the right thing. I pray, God, for a spirit that would be steadfast and resolute. That, God, as we stand on your word, we will watch the gospel do what only the gospel can do. And Lord, that's what this world needs. 
Lord, I just ask that you give us here at Popper Spring, God, just, uh, Lord, a spirit that we would return everything to the fundamental practices that surround the gospel. God, we don't need to be cute. We don't need to be funny. Lord, we don't need to try to fit in. But Lord, what we need more than anything else is a resolute spirit to say we will teach the gospel, preach the gospel, sing the gospel, pray the gospel. That Lord, we want to be a people of your book, people of your truth. And Lord, whether that means we run a hundred or we run a thousand, God, we just want to be committed to your word. Because one day we will stand before you and we will give an account. And Father, I pray that we would hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So Lord, what we pray for our convention next week is exactly what we pray for every week right here at Poplar Springs. And so Lord, I pray that this would not be the only prayer time that we have. But I pray, God, all week that you will cause us to be sensitive to the Spirit. And that, God, that we would pray without ceasing. God, would you send a spirit of revival and a spirit of renewal to your people. And so, Lord, we pray that we will not see a drift from the truth. But I pray, God, that we would see a stance on the Scripture this week. And so, Lord, we submit all of this to you. And we ask it today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You are dismissed today. You love on each other, encourage each other, and pray much this week.